Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Welcome to the fourth and final week of our annual DCC Sabbath. This is the last sermon of this year that I will preach on Sabbath. And I have to tell you, this Sunday every year gets to me a little bit because I love teaching on Sabbath. It's something that God has put in my heart. It's a passion of mine, and it's something that I love dearly. And for this day, I've I've kind of been dreading this last Sunday of the month because I, I, I love it so much, but I know that God has other things in store. And what's happened during this time is God has allowed me to help to, to, to start preparing my mind for where we're heading in the fall. And so it's been a good month. It has. But let me review really quick, and we'll talk some more about that in a few moments. But um, the first week of this series, I told you that we like to look busy. We think that people are impressed with our busyness. Um, But I want to remind you about something. God's not impressed with our busyness. We might be careful, or we should be careful rather, to uh, invest what time God has blessed us with in the right things. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus invited all of us when he said, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. He invites everybody into that. Second week, we realize that Sabbath is designed for us. Many people through the years have tried to make Sabbath something else full of rules and regulations. And and though Sabbath is a commandment, it's not meant to be a blessing, or it's meant to be a blessing rather and not a burden. And so we must look at it like that, not through legalistic eyes, but we must look at it as a blessing. If we're not careful, we'll make it a have to and not a a get to. Sabbath was created for you. And in Mark chapter 2, Jesus reminds us of this. He said the Sabbath was made for man. And I'm going to refer back to that during this sermon today because it it, it actually carries a twofold purpose with it. But but it was made for you. It's made to, to, you know, refresh your body, refresh your mind, refresh your spirit. The spirit of Sabbath, it brought peace and not prohibition. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 11, it says, Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so the Sabbath day, this day right now that we have, we have picked to say we're going to come together as God's people, God said, I have blessed this day. And so for you to be here today, God is putting his blessings on your life. When applied to our life, Sabbath has the opportunity to rebuild our faith, to restore our relationships, and to resurrect our tired and weary bodies and minds. And then last week, we looked at Mark chapter 6, where the disciples were now fulfilling their occupational callings as disciples of a rabbi, disciples of Christ. Jesus has taught them everything that they know, and and he released them to do what he prepared them to do. They watched him do it, and now he releases them to go go out and to perform some amazing things. And and so they come back from this ministry trip, and they tell Jesus all about what they had accomplished, how how, how people were healed, and, and, and how people were coming to the faith and I told you this success even in the kingdom of God success creates drive and that's part of God's plan and design for our lives is that success creates drive but the problem is this is that some successful people are motivated by success to the point to where it becomes a priority 
And after a very busy and successful season of ministry, Jesus tells his disciples to come away with him to a desolate place to rest. Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew what was on the horizon. He knew what was right around the next corner. In just a few short hours, they are going to feed 5,000 people. And Jesus knew that in order for them to be effective, they must first find time to rest. You can't miraculously feed 5,000 unless you first get along with God and rest. And, and so I, I posed this question to you last week as, as we were walking out. I said, what is God going to do with you when you learn to rest with him? What is it? What, what is that miraculous 5,000 feeding? What is God going to do with your life when you finally learn how to rest with him? I recently read an article about a woman named Elaine. Elaine is a person who values her time. Elaine said, if I'm kept waiting, I bill the doctor. At the 20 minute mark, I politely tell the receptionist that the doctor has missed my appointment. And at the 30 minute mark, I will start billing at $47 an hour. Elaine scheduled a physical for the first appointment slot of the day, knowing that there would be no one in front of her and she would not have to wait on any lengthy appointments. She scheduled her appointment for the first one of the day. She waited 35 minutes in a paper gown before getting dressed, going back out to the receptionist and retrieving her copay and informing the receptionist to expect a bill. And as she walked out of the doors of the doctor's office, the doctor was pulling up as she was leaving. When the cable guy called Elaine and told her to wait at home between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock, she said, expect a $141 bill for my time. Is that okay with your boss? The driver agreed to call about 15 minutes before he arrived. Prior to her initial visit with a therapist, Elaine signed the standard agreement outlining no-show appointments and late fees. On follow-up, Elaine knocked on the door and discovered that her therapist was with another client. The therapist apologized to Elaine for his scheduling error. Elaine then sent a bill, and the therapist sent her a check the next week. Elaine not only values her time, she demands that others do the same. It might be a little extreme. No, it's a lot extreme. I know it is. It's, it's, it's really extreme. But you have to appreciate the principle behind her thoughts there. My time is valuable, and what I do with it matters. This month has been a great time of mental refreshment for me, and I want to thank the administrative council of our church. I want to thank the church staff, and I want to thank you as a church for allowing me the opportunity to take this month off from counseling appointments. It, it really has been a time of refreshment, and I, I appreciate that. And everybody has been so understanding and realizing that it was good for me to take some time off from counseling. And I truly do believe that this will be beneficial for all of us, and I look forward to what God is going to do with us in the next few months. In August, I'm going to resume my counseling appointments, but I should warn you that one of my pet peeves is when people miss appointments with me. Now, some of you are going to think I'm preaching to you right now because you've missed appointments with me, but thank God for grace. Amen? Look at somebody next to you and say, thank God for grace. I have forgiven you. I have. I have forgiven you. And so if you think I'm preaching at you, I'm not preaching at you. Exactly, maybe a little bit, but 
But it is. It's one of my pet peeves when people miss appointments with me. Some people are, are courteous and, and they call and they let us know that they can't make it. And, and that opens up a time slot to try and squeeze someone else in and, and, and it works out great. But there are some people that for some reason they do not feel as though an appointment with me is worthy of writing it down. Or, or worthy of putting it in their calendar or in their phone or setting a reminder in their phone. They just don't feel like an appointment with me is worthy of that. And they choose to rely on their memory and their memory fails them and they forget and they simply just don't show up. Recently there was someone who made an appointment with me and they showed up an hour late for the appointment. And they rescheduled it for the next week. The next week rolled around and, and they forgot and they did not show up for their second appointment with me. And they eventually realized what happened a few hours later, and they called to reschedule. Then they missed their third appointment, and they didn't even bother calling. And I guess they just you know, threw in the towel and said it's not going to happen. To which I went to Alexis, my administrative assistant, and I said, listen, I'm not interested in meeting with them. Three strikes and you're out, okay? How many of you thank God, thank God that I'm not God? Amen? <laughs> his, his grace is sufficient. Mine is not. Uh, Three strikes and you're out. And, and I said, I'm not interested in setting up another appointment. It was somebody that does not attend our church. And I said, I'm not, not interested in doing that because I value my time. I do. I, I value my time. And I have the ability to kill my time all by myself. I don't need anybody else's help. And so it's so important. But we've all missed appointments. If you've ever missed an appointment, I want you to raise your hand high right now. If you've ever missed an appointment. If you ever missed an appointment with me, raise your hand high. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> We've all missed doctor's appointments. We've missed dental appointments. We've missed t-ball games and soccer games and dance recitals. We, we've missed anniversaries, birthdays, and bar mitzvahs. Anybody ever missed a bar mitzvah? No? Okay, I didn't think so. I thought I'd throw it in there. You, you may not consciously choose to miss events and appointments, but by not intentionally planning to be there, you do intentionally choose not to make it a priority. And, and that happens in all of our lives. And there is no doubt in my mind that you will miss more appointments in the future. But I want to show you one appointment that you cannot afford to miss. And as we close out this series, I think this is the best way, the most appropriate way to end this thing. Because there is one couple in the Bible that missed a crucial appointment that changed history and it changed our lives forever. And so I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and when I say Genesis chapter 3, those of you who have been around church long enough, you know what couple I'm talking about. But in Genesis chapter 3, we see this crucial appointment that Adam and Eve miss. Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to start reading at verse 8. I'm only going to read two verses today. Genesis 3 and verse, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Our faith is often referred to as walking with God. Walking with God. I walk with God. I put my faith in God. I walk with Him. And what I have figured out through reading the Scriptures is that God loves to walk. He does. It's throughout His Word. Throughout the Scriptures, there are a few people that had the opportunity and the privilege 
to physically walk with God. Genesis chapter 5 tells us that Enoch walked with God. Genesis chapter 6 says that Noah walked with God. In Genesis 17 and 1, God tells Abram, walk before me. Go before me. In other words, you lead the way and I'm going to be right back here behind you. I've got your back, Abram. Walk before me. In Leviticus 26 and 12, it says, and I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And so God says, I'm going to walk among you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, it says, God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. The promises that we receive from God's word that he is going to walk with us. That he is going to fellowship with us. That he is going to commune with us. These are promises that we cannot take lightly. Yet every Sunday morning in America we take these verses extremely lightly. It seems to me that God likes to walk with his people. This is so important to him that from the beginning of humanity, he carved out time out of his busy schedule of controlling the universe. He carved out time just to walk with you. Scripture tells us that for six days he created, but on the seventh day, God rested. Why? Why would God rest? I mean, God does not need rest. God is complete all in himself. God is all-powerful. We know that. He's omnipotent. And so we know that God does not need rest. That's not the reason why God rested. Psalm 121 and 4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We know that God does not need to rest, but God rested to not only show us a pattern for rest that we need for our lives, but to also spend time with us on the Sabbath. And this is something that we have missed out on, and, and probably even in years past of me teaching Sabbath to you. All the sermons that I've taught every July since the beginning of this church about Sabbath, I think we've missed this one point, is that God created Sabbath to spend time with us. He carved out a day every week just for you and him. And we take this so lightly. Back to Mark 2 and 27 where Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. God created the Sabbath for you so that you have an opportunity to hang out with the creator of the universe. And man, I was down here a minute ago and I was singing the words to just to know you. And I thought to myself, man, what an honor and privilege it is right here in this moment that he is inhabiting the praises of his people. And in this moment right now, I get to walk with my God. I get to walk with the most supreme being ever in this moment right here, right now. But Adam and Eve had a problem. And I think it's a problem that so many of us had, and I've struggled with it myself. Adam and Eve had a problem. They were not satisfied with the life that God gave them. They wanted more. It wasn't enough that God put them in the Garden of Eden, in a garden that he created. A garden that I'll remind you had no weeds up to that point. It wasn't enough that God said, you can eat from any tree in the garden except for one, but the rest of it, it's yours. Eat whatever. If it looks good, eat it. Go for it, except for this one tree. 
that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that they had this perfect marriage. I believe that the first two human beings that God created, I believe personally, and I, I, I don't have any scripture to back this up, but I believe that their bodies were just perfect. When they looked at each other, there was satisfaction. They didn't dream of being with someone else because there was no one else. It was a perfect marriage. It was a marriage made in heaven, and yet they were not satisfied with that. They wanted more. The great businessman James Cash Penny, also known as J.C. Penny, once said, If a man's business requires his time that he cannot attend Sunday morning and Wednesday evening services of his church, then that man has more business than God intended him to have. A man that is considered a success set aside time each and every week to meet with God. And you see, the enemy of their souls convinced Adam and Eve that they needed to become more powerful. He tells them that if they would pursue the forbidden fruit, that their eyes would be open and they would know what God knows. You see, that's a search for power. That's a quest for more. That's a quest for success when somebody wants to be as powerful as God. And their quest to become more than what God created them to be. They chose power over time spent with God. And this has become the American dream. Don't get me wrong. I love the country that we live in. I love the freedoms that men and women fight for. But with that kind of freedom comes great responsibility. And the new American dream is, my life is not good enough, therefore I must sacrifice my time with my God. My life is not good enough, therefore I must sacrifice my time with my family. My life is not good enough, therefore I must sacrifice my time with my friends. And it's this never-ending snowball, and it's just becoming larger and larger and larger, and we are eating a forbidden fruit in search of more. In preparing this, I had to stop for a moment, sitting at my desk, and I had to, I had to pray this prayer. God, I don't want to be any more or any less than what you created me to be. So many times I get up here and I speak to people about their self-worth and how you've got to become what God created you to be. But man, what about those people that just want more and more and more? And that's what Sabbath is about. That's why we take a month every year and dedicate it to this. Because I don't want to be any more than what God created me to be. And it seems sometimes that our desire to become more creates less time with God. But God will never leave you there. Because God came looking for them. That's the verses that we read. God came looking for Adam and Eve. Even though they messed up, they disobeyed, God came looking for them. Adam, Eve, we have an appointment together. And he says these words, where are you? And you see, church, this is a question that still calls for our attention today. Where are you? Where are 
you? On my day, on the Sabbath, where are you? And, and you know, we call Sundays, uh, at least for us, and, and, and the day that we observe is Sabbath, we call Sunday the Lord's Day, and then we try and make it uh, uh, something else because we want to take ownership of it and claim it as our own, and it's not ours. It's made for us. It's made to serve us. But God says, it's my day. It's my day with you. God created a day for you and him because he longs to fellowship with you. He longs to commune with you. And he was honest with us. This should not catch any of us off guard because he told us, I'm a jealous God. And I don't want any other gods before me. I don't want anything else taking my time or your time away from me. I'm not legalistic enough to believe that you can only spend time with God at church on a Sunday. I, honestly, I don't believe that at all. But if not here and now, where and when? I'm the pastor of this church. I get paid to preach God's word. But I'll tell you that sometimes throughout the week, I have a hard time finding time for God. And if my life revolves around it, I can only imagine your life. When and where? When and where? When is that moment, that, that, that day every week that you set aside for him? Missing worship on a Sunday should not be the or should be the exception. It shouldn't be the norm for our lives. It just shouldn't be. It, it, it should be the exception to the rule. When our lives become so busy that we must cancel our designated time with God, then we have become too busy. And why is it that the most important appointment is often the first to go? Church, we should treat Sundays as a sacred day set aside to fellowship with our Father. And listen, I know that there's vacations and things, and I'm not preaching to you about that. That's not it. I'm talking about the rhythm of Sabbath that comes around. When is that moment that you set aside for God? Listen, I believe that you can come to church every, every Sunday and still not have fellowship with God. When is that moment that you set aside and you say, God, there's nothing else that's going to get my attention because I need you right now and I know that you want me. Well, pastor, you don't understand it. Sunday doesn't provide for my family. Really? Really? Your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and you're worried about provision? 1 Corinthians 10 and 26 says, For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And you're worried about provision? Trust me, the more time that my children spend with me, the more I want to give them. Stop leaning on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and watch what God does with your life. The enemy of your soul wants to attack your day with God. He wants to invade that because he knows that the best way to distract you from what matters the most is to get you concerned with what you don't have. And it's a dangerous place for us to live. Out of all the people that I've counseled with, that they find themselves in some major mistake in their life, 
they all have one thing in common, priorities and a lack thereof. I could go down the list and I could tell you, I'm not, so if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I hope he doesn't sell me out, I'm not going to do that. But I could go down the list and I could point them out to you and I could say, this person made a mistake, a major mistake in their life that cost them dearly because they did not prioritize, they were too busy, they, they, they did not make time for family, they did not make time for God. I can lead you down that list because a busy person will eventually suffer in their relationships. A tired and weary person is also a person who is tired of forgiving others and they will remain justified in their bitterness. A stressed out individual will try and find relief in the wrong ways and they'll go after whatever it takes that will bring just some kind of numbness to that moment, whether it be pornography or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, they will find something to numb that stress. I want you to listen close to what I'm about to tell you because this, this is the sole focus of, of what I wanted, wanted you to hear today. And, and, and after this, it's over. One missed appointment with God created chaos for humanity and we have not stopped paying the, the, the consequences of that since. One missed appointment with God Adam, Eve, where are you? And in their quest for success to become more powerful, they eliminated the appointment that was the most important thing of their lives. And so one missed appointment with God created chaos for humanity. I believe that one kept appointment with God starts to put everything back in order. Just one moment where you say, God, this is your designated time for me. And God says, let me start working. Pastor, how do you know that's true? Because I look around this room and I see the marriages that have been put back in place because they chose to make God a priority. I've watched as families have come back together because one or both spouses said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's people in this room right now that I've watched them lay aside addictions because they said, God, right now, you're more important to me than anything else. And God broke addictions in their lives. One missed appointment messed it all up. But one kept appointment starts putting it all back together. And it is not by chance that you're here today. You had an appointment. Whether you remembered it or not, you had an appointment. And God said, keep my Sabbath day holy. I made it for you. It's a moment set aside for you and for me to fellowship with one another. And I don't know what you'll remember. I don't know if you'll even remember it next week. 
But I believe that right now in this moment, in this kept appointment, that God is able to restore and God is able to start putting things back together. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.